This is Dennis Ramani and Phil Goldberg. Uh, our podcast, Spirit Matters Talk, spiritmatterstalk.com. Please uh, uh, go to that site and uh, subscribe. We, we ask you to do that. This way we can send you lots of information, all of which is free, of course. Uh, Philip, Samuel, uh, quite an interesting guy, Waking Down. Uh, uh, were you familiar with Waking Down uh, to a, a large degree before we spoke? Um, I was conceptually. I knew about him. I, I discovered Samuel when I was researching American Veda, and um, I'd heard about his work. And when I saw that he had been uh, with Adi Da, um, I looked into it a little bit more because uh, I wrote about Adi Da in the book. Adi Da, so being also known, uh, also known as. Uh, <laughs> Free Baba, uh, what was it? Free Baba John. Well, he <laughs> he had a lot of names. He was originally Franklin Jones from Long Island, and became Bubba Free John, and then a, a number of other names, including Da Free John, and ultimately Adi Da. Um, so, uh, in that context, I heard about him, and it was also the context was all these uh, people under the rubric of Neo-Advaita, talking about waking up and awakening. And so when I saw something being taught called waking down, I, I, I was curious. I said, well, what's this about? And it was, as the name suggests, and as he, as he described in, uh, in our interview, it was about integrating the, the process of waking up to our true nature, you know, that all the Eastern uh, paths appoint to, but um, doing it on a, in a grounded way and integrating it with the, you know, the joys and sorrows and gains and losses of uh, what we call real life. Right. You know, one interesting thing you mentioned, <clears throat> obviously there was, uh, and we're not getting into it because I don't know all the detail. But there was a, a significant amount of scandal in the in the mid eighties with uh, Bubba Free John, but or Da Free John, and uh, but uh, you can still learn from a teacher. Uh, you know, if you, you take in a keto class, you could have a fabulous teacher, but the guy could have some flaws. I, I guess what in the spiritual world, uh, it's a little different because uh, so much of what they teach often is uh, that uh, if you follow this teaching, you will live a higher state of life. And one assumes then, usually, that that means uh, good, good behavior uh, and normal behavior. And uh, often that's not the case. Uh, and, uh, uh, and I think uh, when a person is put in a guru role, sometimes there's greater temptations to, uh, to, for types of abuse. And uh, yeah. you, you, know, you see that. And, but to separate that from the teaching, I think, is an important uh, 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 consideration. Yeah, I, uh, I agree, and um, it, it's, um, it was especially a big challenge back in, in uh, when our generation was younger and we were enamored of gurus and put them on pedestals. Um, and in the case of Adida, I want to just correct you for a moment. There, a lot of what happened with him happened in the mid-70s. Mm -hmm. uh, and... Um, um, you know, he being an American, it was a little different from some of the Indian teachers. 
but still, there was this sense around him of he's the enlightened master, and that a certain amount of surrender uh, and obedience and uh, extraordinary trust was an important part of what would get you enlightened. Um, and um, he had very unconventional methods. There was a lot of uh, sex, and, and some people say um, non-consensual or manipulative. manipulative. Uh, there were other, other things that people uh, were wounded by in some cases. But, you know, when I interviewed people, there were also people who found the teaching methods incredibly effective for them in breaking their boundaries and uh, breaking their habitual uh, conditioned ways of thinking and being in the world. So, so for some people, uh, the same methods were illuminating and transformative, and for others, they were wounding enough for them to have filed lawsuits right. and, uh, you know, so forth. A, a mixed bag. Did you know it with uh, uh, Samuel's uh, uh, waking down? Do you know any of the particular types of uh, procedures and techniques, spiritual no. exercises they're involved with? No, I don't. Um, I know he has a big bag of tricks, he and Linda, from what I gather, and some of them uh, are uh, seem to be traditional uh, and. Um, or variations on traditional methods, and others may be things they evolved on their own that um, are uh, adaptations to the kind of students who come to them, you know, in the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> he, he certainly had a great feeling about him, very upbeat, and I, and I thought very humble, very, uh, you know, self-critical, made it real clear. Uh, he had his strengths and weaknesses like everybody else, but uh, very, very alert, uh, great energy. I, I felt from him. I uh, enjoyed yeah. chatting with him quite a bit. Yes, and that, that's one of the reasons I asked him the question of uh, whether he has, um, uh, about his relationship to students, because it, it was clearly different from what uh, Adi Da's relationship with students were and what the traditional mm -hmm. uh, guru-disciple Kind of relationship uh, is or is uh, meant to be in the, in the, in the East, and here you know we're Americans. We have more egalitarian attitude to things. We're also very skeptical of authority, and and a lot of people have learned hard lessons from uh, the guru uh, scandals of the seventies, and when people put too much trust in in the personalities of the gurus and. Um, so uh, people may be evolving different uh, ways of defining the teacher-student relationship in the spiritual context, and uh, he seems to be one of those people. Right. In, in your book, uh, <clears throat> American Vedia, you go back to you know, uh, Vivekananda coming to the West and all, but if you go to Vivekananda and his teacher, and you go back in time, uh, you know, a uh, hundred years, a few hundred years, in Indian culture back then, uh, was a guru seen as uh, somebody who had a, an ashram with a small following and perhaps, you know, people, if they want to give every, everything up, could, could join that ashram? And, and were there, or were there gurus that actually mingled with people more, uh, giving their teachers, yeah. th teachings to the masses? Were there both? I, 
I think, as far as I know, I'm not an expert on uh, Indian cultural history, but even to this day, there, there are many different kinds of gurus, and some have a very public uh, face and, you know, also get involved with um, cultural and, and even political matters, and others, you know, have small followings in uh, an ashram, or uh, and not necessarily ashram. There are household gurus who have uh, teachers, uh, uh, students in their village or their city or so forth, and some gain a certain amount of renown, and people come to see them from distances. Some travel and, you know, have... Uh, give discourses or take on students in other places. So there's a, there's a big variety. Right. And, and the truth is, around most gurus, even in the West, as, as you and I discovered, um, there are sort of different orbits that followers or students can take and some just stay on the periphery and, and learn methods and go to, you know, discourses and so forth. And others get more involved and others become more devoted to the teacher. And mm -hmm. some become real disciples in the sense of giving over to the, the guru a certain uh, degree of devotion and trust uh, for, for their spiritual progress. And it's a more of an exclusive... It's the difference between dating <laughs> and, and a committed marriage, yeah. you know? I, I and, in, in Buddhism, uh, the teachers uh, is that same level of commitment, that same level of devotion, you know, in extreme cases, uh, uh, given to the Buddhist teachers as the Hindu teachers. Because I always think of a, right. a guru usually from a Hindu tradition, but uh, is it that same level of commitment and surrender uh, yeah, to, to the, uh, depends on the, it depends on the lineage mm -hmm. and the teacher, uh, but certainly... Look, you can, you can measure these things by whether, you know, the, there's a Tibetan saying that if you, uh, the gurus are like fire. If you don't get close enough, you don't get the benefits of the warmth of mm -hmm. the heat. But, but if, you, if you get too close, you can get burned. And, and, and so, you know, everybody has to find their own proper distance. But you find in Buddhist circles, people being very devoted to their, their teacher, their lama, their... Roshi, whoever it is, uh, depending on the lineage, and become uh, hardcore disciples, devotees, and others are more on the periphery. Right. So it's not that different. Right. And there have been there have been scandals in the Buddhist world as there was in the Hindu guru world. Right. And it's interesting. Uh, many people who I see uh, uh, talking or seen videos of who seem to be gurus to me. Usually when asked, they say they're not gurus. Even I am not a guru, but it, it's uh, uh, in every way, shape, other way, shape, and form, it seems like a guru. So uh, more on that, and uh, maybe we'll have a guru or two on the show at some point. Well, we have. We have. We had yeah. uh, Sadhguru, Sadhguru uh, Devasudev on. We'll have some more yeah. as they're available. Great. It'll be interesting. And, you know, we had a Rinpoche. And we had a, yeah, it was an interesting. If you haven't listened to his uh, interview yet, Rinpoche was a, a young man, five years old, uh, was selected and wantingly went into a uh, a Buddhist temple and uh, spent uh, 
He's now 30 and active in the world running a nonprofit, but yeah. fascinating story. Yeah, look up Chogyal Rinpoche, who's one of our interviewees, and Sadhguru Jagi Vasudev is another. And, and we have a lot of, we have a number of people we interviewed who were devotees of, of famous gurus who are now teaching on their own, like Sally Kempton right. and, and others. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, I want to again remind everybody, Phil, uh, please, uh, spiritmatterstalk.com, uh, go there and subscribe. And uh, don't, do not hesitate to uh, contact us, email us with uh, uh, advice or feedback or suggestions for, uh, for guests. We have a, a long list of guests that we are going to be having, but we're always uh, happy to get uh, more recommendations. Right, and tell your friends. All right, till next time. Okay, man. Take care, Dennis.